Cubs Nation, and welcome to our inaugural episode of Seven Hells, our Game of Thrones review. Uh, we are going to be reviewing episode one of season eight, Winterfell. Uh, joining me tonight is Dane Alves. What up, Dane? I love Game of Thrones. I love Game of Thrones. <laughs> Fucking love Game of Thrones. Love, yeah, it's great, man. I love it. I'm doing good. Good, man. Yeah. I mean, fuck. Anybody who doesn't love Game of Thrones simply has not watched it. Like, there's literally exactly like, no. There, like, I mean, seriously, like, there's no way you could not love this show. It's got something for everyone. Um, like, I remember trying to pitch it to my mom, who is like the the like the least like uh sci-fi person or fantasy person anything in that realm she's just like immediately turned off to she's like i don't fucking care and i was like but no like there's like all this like like fucking kings and queens and politics and shit and like so i like got her to watch a few episodes and she was like yeah no this is fucking legit like this is super cool and and that was when i realized like if my mom can like this show, then it, like any literally anybody can like this show. And she's also not down with like gratuitous uh fucking like sex scenes and shit. So um so yeah, I mean it it like literally if 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 you're one of the one percent, um especially if you're one of the proud one percent who doesn't like Game of Thrones. Oh god. Like, yeah, you you just haven't watched it and that's fine. Like you don't have to, but like <laughs> you also don't do have I have a pickle about it. Yeah, exactly. Not only do I have a pickle about people that are pompous that they haven't watched it, um, I also have to say that I really enjoyed this episode. I know that me and you have both said that we really love this as an opener, and I'm kind of getting uh, – yeah, you know, I'm just kind of getting aggravated by people that have short attention spans that need, like, big battles, and I just want to say to them from the bottom of my heart – Go watch fucking Transformer movies, okay? I'm sorry that they have dramatic <laughs> tension that builds character ele- elements and, 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 and story arcs. But uh, that's Game of Thrones. And, uh, yeah, or The Walking Dead. It's gone to that level. So fucking watch that or some shit. That's all I'm saying. Do stuff with yeah, your time. I mean, there's there are things out there for you. Um, and you know what? If, if you, you know, if you're on the opposite end of that spectrum and you just, you know, you just want your, like um, – your, you know, Romas, um, and like, you know, like really well put together, uh, dramatic films that, you know, are, are kind of boring. Um, you can go watch those too. Like, you know, the, everybody exactly. else that are in the middle, um, like we'll, we'll just sit here and, and be like, you're missing out because you are. Um, but anyway, so, uh, what this show is going to be, we, we called it seven hells. Obviously, for for the reference of uh, Robert, one of Robert Baratheon's favorite things to say, but also because uh, we are going to be detailing the seven, the top seven things we took away from each episode in this grand finale uh, season of the final season, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna basically break down the the seven uh, best things going on in the Seven Kingdoms. Uh, you know, so this is uh, going to be a lot of fun. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, so let's get started, man. I want to start with the reunions. Um, now, there's a couple that we'll get to later in the episode, but there were five that happened early on. Uh, we had John and Bran uh, right at the front. Well, and I should start with this. Um, 
you know, when, when, when the episode opens, we have Arya, like, kind of standing off uh, amongst the crowd. Um, and, uh, you know, she, she obviously sees John and Danny pass by, and she sees the Hound, uh, and she sees Gendry. Um, I love her fucking smile when she sees Gendry. That little moment um, was so satisfying for me. Like, when she sees John, it, it was almost as if, like, there was almost like a, a little bit of tension uh, in, in kind of the way she looked at him. Um, it, mainly because when she first sees him, you see this, like, this light in her eyes, and then she you, she wants to go out and say hey to him. But she, I mean, the, the timing isn't quite right. Um but uh, but anyway, um, you know when she sees Gendry, it's just like this this like oh my god type moment, and and that was terrific. Um, but anyway, like the the actual like character to character reunion, um, the early ones that we got, we got John and Bran, we got Arya and John, Arya and the Hound, Arya and Gendry, and then Sansa and Tyrion. Um, man. So many great reunions in this show, and like I said, we'll get to uh, some of the ones that happened later on. Um, but these early reunions, which of these was your favorite? And then, like, give me like a dark horse one that you just like that maybe you really loved. Uh, that maybe you feel like either most fans maybe might maybe not underappreciated, but just one that that stuck out to you is like. Man, I really like that one, even though it, you know, may not be like a fan favorite one. Um, well, to start off, I just wanted to comment on the first thing with Arya. I just love that that scene yeah. reflects the first episode of the first season with the kid running yeah. through there, and that being Arya when the Lannisters first came to uh, Winterfell. Fuck, I didn't even think of that, man. Nice. Yep, and I I also think that Arya might have been looking like she saw John, and it seemed like her expression changed when she saw that Danny was next to him, and you right. know, kind of like Sansa. I don't think the North uh, very much like uh, you know uh, Daenerys. So, uh, but as far as my favorite, I mean, my favorite reunion is going to have to be uh, the one between Arya and John because uh, it emotionally yeah. got to me. Uh, I, I I don't know how so that much. in real life. I'm I'm very I'm not I'm not cold but I with real life stuff I handle it differently emotionally but television and movies can just set me off in a second and me seeing the, them embrace you know it, it, you you saw them kind of um, act like they weren't when they when they finally embraced it was amazing um, uh, and I loved it when he was asking about needle. Uh, and he was like, have you ever used it? And mm-hmm. she was like once or twice, which we all know is, is a bold-faced <laughs> lie. And uh, her basically <laughs> saying that she thinks that Sansa is the smartest person that she's ever met. I thought that whole entire scene was very important. But I really also, I think her, you know, uh, Arya and the Hound also was a lot of fun uh, seeing the two of them, him, him basically yeah. saying like, you left me for dead. And she was like, I robbed you right before that. And he's like, you have always <laughs> been a cold bitch. That's how you survived. And when we get the predictions, I have a lot of stuff involving the two of them. Uh, but, yeah, nice. I, I, you know, I I hate to say this, but another Arya scene basically uh, would be my, my dark horse. Her and uh, – you, you kind of already alluded to it, but her and Gendry's uh, interaction yeah, yeah. was very 
very cool, and I like that this weapon that she's wanting him to design, but there was a flirtation. And at first you're just like, that's kind of weird. But then you realize, holy shit, Macy Williams is actually 22 now. Like she's right. grown up with this show. So it's not really right. weird. Uh, and there's definitely, I mean, I don't know, maybe we'll see the, the last of the Baratheons with the, you know, with, with, with Arya. Um, it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's weird. But it's a, it's a, that was a really uh, cool interaction. So basically, all the ones that involved Arya, because I love Arya. Arya, Arya, Arya. Yeah, dude. I, I yeah, dude. I don't blame you. I fucking love Arya too. Easily one of my top five favorite characters from the show. Uh, and dude, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, my my favorite was definitely Arya and John. Um, I mean, the the interaction that they had, and like when they hugged the first time was was impactful like i cried either cried or got misty eyed like three times on sunday um the first one was when tiger uh woods won the masters and like hugged his kids and the first time he had won a major championship in fucking like 10 11 years um like i got me misty eyes like i'm not gonna lie um and then twice during this show and and absolutely uh ari and john like that was just so like it, it it just got to me. Uh, John and Brand got to me too, um, and I think that was more just um, John's uh, like it, it was more about John than Brand, obviously. Like just John's love for um, like all of his family. Uh, like I mean, I mean you saw. I mean we all saw. Uh, you know he was willing to risk everything to save Rick on and he couldn't do it. Um, so for him to see, uh, brand again, um, like that was, that was a tremendous moment. Um, but yeah, Ari and John, that was definitely the one that got me the most. Um, and it was, it was also awesome to see her that the way she delivered, um, when, you know, cause you mentioned that she, she says Sans is the smartest person she knows. Uh, and, and, you know, and he's like, like, you think that like, like you always like yeah. hated Sansa. Um, but when she, you know, when he says it's, you know, it's my family too. And she says, don't forget that. Um, I think it was, it was, it was a very, it was a very excellent way of delivering that line that didn't, it, it didn't have any sort of threat to it per se, but it was, it was her basically being like, look. And and you kind of spoke to this that you know with with her her change of of her, uh, like uh, the the look on her face when she you know sees him riding next to Daenerys uh, like don't don't forget where you come from um, you know so to speak uh, and it, but it was delivered so well and then when they embrace and hug and she has that little smile on her face. I was just like, oh, my God, dude. I've been waiting for this for so long, and you fucking got me. Like, it was perfect. Um, I did also love uh, The Hound and Gendry. I love in, in, with Gendry uh, just the last little bit where she kind of does that little spin at the end and, like, gives him, like, the, the, the glance back um, before she, like, spins back around and walks away. Like, and, of course, the line, like, I'm the only rich girl, you know. <laughs> like, that was fucking yeah. Um So many great one-liners in this episode, man. Uh, and then, um, but I, I do have to mention, like, my dark horse, Sansa and Tyrion. Like, I fucking love 
like the 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 little um the kind of little nuances of that and and like Sansa essentially being like yeah I, I like I am kind of the smartest one like kind of proving Arya right like how the why would you you really believe Cersei's going to send reinforcements like cuz I don't believe it for one fucking second like I lived with that bitch for how many fucking years and like no fucking way she is going to help us um and obviously we know she's right um they don't know it yet they're about to find out from jamie but um i I, like i loved that little kind of back and forth between them and you know they had you know they're kind of um great little one-liners like you know uh yeah well that and and you know when when sansa says like essentially, well, it wasn't all bad. <laughs> like, and and that like spoke to the fandom. Like, you know, like, uh, of course. Like, I mean, that was probably the most excited I've ever gotten for Game of Thrones was when Joffrey I have a line fucking from that. choked on poison and fucking died. I literally got out of my seat and throwing fists in the fucking air. Like, I was so I was clapping. I was like, yes, yeah. Um, and like, dude, it was just fucking perfect. So like, yeah, it wasn't all bad. It was pretty fucking awesome, actually. Um, so like, yeah, that one, the, like, because of the callback and Sansa kind of establishing herself uh, post Littlefinger, uh, like as this sort of tactician or um, at the very least someone who's playing the game very well. Uh, I I think it established well, her character. One line. I just want to say, based on one that thing with, with Sansa, one of my favorite lines, Tyrion says to Sansa, most, most people underestimated you, but most of them are dead now. Because it's very fucking true. Yeah. Sansa is not someone to mess around with. Tyrion knows that. And I just love how she calls him out for being, you know, I used to think that you were the most clever person in all of Westeros. Yes. But you actually believe exactly. that Cersei would actually do that. And it's it's so true, man. Uh uh, I don't know, and like I just want to, I just want to also go back to something that you were saying, but like also realize another reflection off the first episode. Uh, John kissed uh, Bran on the head right before he left uh, when he was paralyzed in that same exact place, right. and he did the same yeah. thing. He went to him, kissed him on the head, and I love how he's like, "You're a man now," and and he's like, sort of like, I wonder if he was like, right. wait, so what happened to you? Did 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 Theon? Did you have the same thing happen? No, no, he wasn't talking about that. He's a Three Eyed Raven, but he he's he's really close to like just telling Daenerys right off the bat, like I've already seen your dragon. They've already destroyed the wall. Like let's not fuck around, basically. And right. he's not the same brand that we used to know, man. It's crazy. Sorry, right. but that that all that stuff I had to throw in there real quick. I'm deep kicking out right now. Oh yeah, I have, I have goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that was a great like uh, sort of breakdown of you know it was like kind of supposed to be the setup of of the first season and they kind of undercut it in a good way um, with with that kind of line like Bran's just like dude like there's all these pleasantries are, fuck them like we got more important things to fucking talk about here. Um, so yeah, I mean, all of that was was fucking terrific. Um, all right, well, let's move on because um, I want to talk about John finally riding a fucking dragon. Because <laughs> that uh, this this uh, to me 
this was kind of like the throw-in bit for all of the people who like maybe don't like these these first episodes because I mean Game of Thrones first episodes they're all about setting up what's going to happen throughout the rest of the season and we got such great great setup in this in the season but this was like kind of the one kind of throwaway fun scene um exciting scene um that you know they they i feel like they just kind of threw in there because they they're like hey like we know like we're setting a lot of shit up like but here's something fun for you to like enjoy especially for those people who just really love the fucking dragons uh and i i to be fair, I fucking loved it too. I did. I I thought it was it was awesome. The little uh, back and forth between uh, uh, John and Danny, uh, you know, uh, as far as you know him being like, how the fuck? What what am I supposed to hold on to? And he's just like, I mean, fucking whatever you can, dude. <laughs> like, uh, and um, like that whole bit was great when they land. Um, and dude, I I don't know if you got this callback, but when when she says to him, "We could stay here for a thousand years and just, you know, like no one would ever find us," it definitely fucking reminded me of Egret, and you know, yep. her being like, "We should have stayed in the cave," and like I got such chills, like when she said that, and like the look on his face when she says that made made me like think about it more like like not only am i thinking about it but he's thinking about it um yep. like it, it i think it, it reminded us but it also reminded him of that uh and then of course like with the fucking dragon man with drogon like when they're making out and drogon's just like that's my mom bitch <laughs> like you better fucking like that like um that's uh you, you you better not fucking hurt her. You better treat her right. You know, kind of thing. Um, it was it, it was it was an interesting uh, it was an interesting uh, attempt at humor that I think they hit on. Um, I I've read that some people didn't like it. Uh, some people felt it wasn't Game of Thrones esque, if you will. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought it a fit the character of Drogon. Um, and you know, I mean, I thought it kind of fit John too, because John's still somewhat trepidatious of the dragon. So I thought that was great. What were your thoughts on you know John finally riding a dragon and all the subsequent scenes that came from that? I'm glad on the fifth installment of How to Train Your Dragon, they're doing it live action. I think that's a really cool. Um, wait, oh yeah, we're talking about Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I loved it. Uh, it was awesome. It was definitely fan service, but. At, right at the beginning, though, uh, one thing I think a lot of people are going over or, or forgetting, at least in the reviews I was listening to today, because I listened to about a thousand of them at work uh, from various platforms. But, um, you know, apparently the dragons are barely eating. So that's kind of a scary concept. But then we have that joyful, awesome dragon ride. So I think it kind of people go over that. Danny was worried about that. Uh, but I do love uh, that, that little back and forth and how he's like, what if you won't let me ride on top of him? And she's like, well, then, uh, Jon Snow, I've enjoyed your company. Basically, like, well, then fuck off. You're not going to be able to keep up with me because I'm the mother of dragons. Now, remember that technically, uh, you know, all the listeners, um, they both can dra- ride those dragons for a certain reason uh, because of their, their lineage, their bloodline uh, that he doesn't know. Right. So it kind of even fits in there even more so. Um, 
But the one thing I was wondering, symbolism is always a big thing in the show. Uh, Benioff and Wise kind mm-hmm. of have uh, this thing about throwing certain things, and we were talking about that already. The part where Jon Snow dives down with the dragon, I wonder if that's any type of reflection of things that come uh, within their relationship uh, based on what we find out later on. I didn't know if I'm just pulling, you know, pulling for, for, for strings or something like that or if there's anything behind that. But we're about to see some stuff happen between the two of them that might kind of change their relationship dynamics, if you will. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, Drago, uh, Drogon was being kind of a creeper, man, and he was like, I'm not going to call <laughs> you dad, just to let you know. But uh, I love the line that he said, you've completely ruined horses for me. Um, and, yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, that – I have it written down. The whole thing with the egret with the thousand years, completely a throwback to that. So I love those little details. And um, that was a fuck. That was a great scene. That was a great scene. And, um, you know, I love Jon Snow and Daenerys. I'm just the whole thing, the song of fire and ice. Does that represent Jon's parents and them getting together? Does that represent Jon Snow being half Stark and half, you know, Targaryen, or does it represent Danny and his future child? It's all a wonderful one. You know, it's, I just, I love how we're going to find out these answers, but there's so much that you can speculate based on what they give us. And usually almost everything has a payoff in the show and within the books, I'm yeah. assuming. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's a good question. Like what does it actually mean? Um, and it's still up in the air. Like, we still don't know. Um, and we'll touch on, you know, some of that a little bit later. Um, but, yeah, very, uh, very interesting questions. All right, uh, let's move on to our third uh, of our seven topics for this particular show. Uh, so Cersei, Euron, and the Golden Company. Uh, so we, we see Euron uh, riding in with the Golden Company. Um, obviously Cersei was very disappointed. She didn't get her elephants, <laughs> which I she was pissed. Uh, yeah, she, she actually was. Um, and, uh, but of course we see, uh, Euron, um, essentially like in, in a weird way, charm his way into her bed. Um, which, uh, you know, I, I think makes Makes a lot of sense um, in that, um, obviously, she's very lonely uh, right now. I mean, I think you really see it when he leaves, when she says, I want to be alone now. Um, You know, essentially, um, I think she is heartbroken that Jamie chose, um, like, chose essentially the, the cause of fighting the dead over her. Um, and yeah, I, I think that really rings true, uh, in that scene. I think that was, of course, the, the scene that we were all, you know, uh, looking at in the trailers, um, with her drinking the wine and everything else. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, is, is really the emotion that I got from that scene is that she's just devastated that, that Jamie left her. Uh, so it, it, it makes sense that she would. You know, be like, ah, oh, fuck it. Like, it's almost kind of like, um, like, uh, uh, you know, um, when, when you, you know, you get dumped and you, and you want to go out and get laid. 
Um, I mean, that's basically what it was. Um, and, uh, and, and of course, Euron, this cocky fucking douchebag, uh, like, you know, he thinks, um, he's got these grand aspirations and, and what have you. Uh, and, um, I think that's going to come back to bite him in the ass. I think that's been foreshadowed for a while now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, he's he's absolutely nothing to her. Uh, and, and you know, when he when he's oh, how do I compare? How do I compare to to Roberts and the Kingslayer? And and you know, and her the look on her face when he says that. Um, uh, but I will say this: I do think she does have some amount of admiration for him. Um, she doesn't trust him because she doesn't trust anybody, uh, and that's very smart of her, especially in the case of Euron. Um, but, uh, I, I do believe her when she says like, um, like essentially you're, uh, and I don't remember, maybe you have it written down, but like about how cocky he is and this, this, this arrogance that he has about him, uh, she finds attractive. And I do believe her, uh, in that respect. Um, but I, I think that, uh, Euron's, Euron's is in way deeper than he thinks he is, uh, and I think we're gonna kind of maybe see that uh, see that um, kind of pan out, if you will. Uh, what were your thoughts on Cersei Euron and the Golden Company? Um, I'm curious about one thing with the Golden Company, the Commander. Learning more about them is going to be interesting. Um, if that's going to be like a rival to Euron, now that his dumbass didn't even realize that after he threatened Yara and all that, fucking Reek showed up on the damn boat and saved her and killed off part of his <laughs> fleet, you know, and already admitted to Cersei that. Well, how did all these people die? Uh, you know, um, something about like you know a, a card game. They cheated in the card game, uh, and then he's dice. like, well, maybe. <laughs> They cheated the dice. Maybe I did. Maybe I cheated the dice. Somebody cheated the dice. <laughs> Euron is a piece of crap, but he's a very charming piece of crap. I know that he's supposed to be the Ramsey or the, the, the uh, Geoffrey. I don't think that he's going to get to that level of hatred. I don't think he's going to even live a, a long enough to become that person. I think that she's going to get fucking sick of him, and he's going to do something and just kill himself in a stupid way. Um but yeah, still, like you said, uh, still they ended up getting together. I think Cersei was, like you said, a little bit lonely, and he's somewhat charming, even though he's a doofus, obviously. But I liked the line, if you want a whore, buy one. If you want a queen, prove yourself. Uh, I love Cersei. I know that we're not supposed to like Cersei, but she's one of the best characters on the show. Um, oh, she's fucking great. My yeah, mom's she's, favorite she's character, great. actually. And, um, you know, that creepy part where he's like, I'm going to put your baby in the belly. Well, too late, you're on, because uh, there's already a baby in there. So There's yeah. already one. Well, for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Cersei did, did say that she likes his arrogance. Uh, but, you know, I think it's going to be the downfall of Euron Greyjoy, man. And, you know, I do like that. Also, a little thing is that I realize that I guess the mountain is uh, Cersei's Drogon because he was kind of trying to cock block uh, Euron a little bit. And you're yeah. like, hey, she said to tell this time. You know, I mean, I'm just, I'm doing what she says, so don't even get mad at me. But, uh, yeah, I also at the beginning of that scene that um, I thought it was really weird that when Dr. Frankenstein came up and was like, the dead have broken through the wall, and Cersei said in response, 
good. Like, she is really not concerned about the White Walkers. She's that no, into and, herself. And did you – And did you – I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can go. Did you pick up – did you pick up that, like, he was, like, a little put off by her being, like, good? Did you, Like, was that just yeah. me? Or, like, yeah. No. So you got that, too. Like – yeah, I totally was like, dude, he's he's like, are you serious right now? Like, I'm not gonna question you because you're my queen and you know you bestowed me with all these titles and I, I, I'm my unfettered loyalty is to you. But like, he was totally he had that kind of like short look on his face, or we had a short glimpse of the look on his face that was just like, um, okay, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, it's. It, I mean, I'm assuming it's because obviously he's an ex maester so maybe he has some knowledge more so of the White Walkers. And I mean, they were proven. She she saw one of them, but she's like, I'm in the South. I don't have to worry about. It. She's so petty about getting back at the Starks that that's all she's concerned with. And that, yeah. you know, we're talking about Euron's uh, downfall. If she, you know. That might be her downfall, basically, is not worrying about the Night King. But the, I'm going to get to that in predictions uh, later on uh, involving her. But, yeah, that's what I thought about that whole entire interaction. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it was great. Um, I mean, just, yeah, Cersei in general. I, I do think, um, particularly on the show, I don't think she's quite as um, – she's very, she's very much more – uh, uh, highlighted on the show from the start, where she's not, uh, she doesn't even get her own chapter, I believe, until the third or fourth book. Um, so uh, you know, she's very much a side character, not not, um, but she's a main character from the beginning in the show, and I think that is actually one of the changes that they made that that um, from from book to show that that really. Um, hits home because they knew how important she was in the grand scheme of things and, and kind of played her up as such um, throughout the show. It's a very smart decision decision on the part of D&D. Um, but yeah, like going to be fascinating to see um, how, how that like uh, whole situation pans out, um, you know, with, with her and Euron and Essentially, her and her arrogance and ignorance, and um, you know her, her you know cockiness, which is, I guess, why she kind of admires that from Euron, um, because she's kind of the same way, um, in in a lot of ways, um, which is so funny because she prides herself on being Tywin, but she is so far from Tywin, she is not Tywin at all. Like Tyrion is is even though Tyrion's like we've seen him fuck up so many times lately, and I'm just waiting for him to make this like, like kind of bold move that kind of redeems all of his recent fuck ups. Um, but he is way more like Tywin than she is. Um, Absolutely. And, and even and even Jamie's not like Tywin. Jamie's Jamie's especially now. Maybe not Jamie early on in the series, but Jamie now is is too brave, like too much about doing um, what he thinks is right, whether that actually be right or wrong. I mean, we saw it last season when he charged the fucking dragon, <laughs> you know, and, and Braun had to save him yet again. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, 
that's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting how all of that plays out. Um, all right, let's move on. You mentioned it uh, earlier, uh, but uh, we'll we'll take a deep dive in it now. So uh, our next uh, little bit is Beyond, uh you know, musters up uh, a team uh, after – you know, nut checking a dude <laughs> at the tail end of last season and uh essentially, you know, whooping his ass when he had no business being able to do so. Uh, you know, gets gets the respect back of of his crew and ends up going in and saving Yara, uh, while um Euron is off gallivanting about trying to fuck the queen, which, you know, I guess he was successful in that number, so good for him. Uh but so he's able to save her, um, and this is you know kind of a, a, another reunion that we had, not not nearly as as um, long, uh, like ongoing uh, as the others, um, but a reunion nonetheless. And uh, essentially, she she repays uh, his rescue with a with a nice swift little headbutt, and then um, helps him up. Uh, you know, it's kind of a a sense to say, all right, that was your punishment. Now you're forgiven. Uh, let's get the fuck out of here. Um, I loved it. Uh, I also loved the little bit where, you know, the little scene that he uh, or that Euron had with her earlier um, about how he like all of his all of his shipmates are mutes, which is like kind of a. I don't know if they've ever really touched on that in the in the show. They might have, but I know they they did in the books. I mean, he he, he essentially cut out the tongues of all of his shipmates. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that that was like an interesting. Like, I'm glad they threw that in there. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, that was a great little little scene. But uh, but yeah, like I mean, so he rescues her, um, and they uh, you know, end up sailing off, and you know, obviously. She wants to go back and take the Iron Islands, which makes total sense, especially given, you know, if all else fails, that is going to be the one place uh, where they will be safe, uh, which makes perfect sense. Um, You know, but she senses that he wants to go, you know, fight in Winterfell and essentially says, like, you know, well, we need – I need to do this, like, I and we, as in – uh, that you know the, the the small amount of crew that we have left, we need to go take the Iron Islands back because you know this is going to be our one place of refuge uh, if we if we need it. Um, but you know I I understand I fully give you permission uh, to to go back, um, and I I think it was great. Like I I think the way like that these characters have interacted, the bond that they've built over the last couple seasons. Um, and essentially, the the redemption arc to Theon, because um, if there's any character that really needs to be redeemed at this point, I mean, I feel like Jamie's already got gotten his redemption. Um, the 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 biggest character that's still out there that people just hate uh, is Theon, uh, and I think he's well on his way to uh, forging his redemption story. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I loved all of this too. I thought it was. Again, great setup um, for Theon going to Winterfell uh, and 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 you know trying to help the cause. And I definitely think um, 
kind of teasing ahead here, but I definitely think he'll have a, like a great sacrificial moment, um, which will be great, you know, kind of a great bookend um, tortured arc as a character. Um, but yeah, I loved it all. What are your thoughts? Those two are never going to see each other again in the story. That was, no. that was the brother and sister saying goodbye to each other, basically. Um, yeah. What is dead may never die. I'm not 100% sure what that quote means, but it's obviously a great joy thing they say to each other. Um, I, I did love the scene. Uh, I lo- it redeemed uh, good old Reek Theon a bit. I love that, like you said, she repaid him with a fucking headbutt, like, you fucking idiot, but then helped him up uh, right afterwards. And I love as the queen, you know, and God, Yara is such a cool character. I really just love Game of Thrones for having... Dude, she's uh, one of the best. She is, and, and they're really good about having very naive but heroic male characters, uh, well, outside of their villains, obviously, and very badass, dominant female characters, and Yara is definitely one of them. I mean, one of my f- favorite scenes was the war room, where it was just her, Daenerys, uh, the Queen of Thrones, um, you know, all of them together. Uh, but yeah, just, uh, Reek is, I mean, I I keep on calling him Reek. Theon is a Stark. I mean, obviously he really is, uh, his bloodline is Greyjoy, but he is a Stark. He's, he grew up with them. He wants to fight with them. And Yara understands that and allows her brother to go do that. And, um, yeah, just, um, a very powerful scene. And like I said, this will be, in my opinion, the last time the two of them see each other. Because I think that at least Theon, uh, you know, I agree with you. I think that he's going to do something to redeem himself, save someone that we love, but in consequence will die and eat the bullet. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I am so curious, and we'll, we'll maybe touch on this in, in you know, our, our, our predictions on who dies and all of that. Um, but I'm very curious as to um, – who that might be, who he ends up saving, um, because obviously he was closest with Rob, and Rob is obviously dead. Um, so it's 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 a question of, um, I think he has to save a Stark, uh, and 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 you know who will that be? Um, I think the most poetic would be Sansa, but um, you know because of because how he's already kind of saved her once, um, but I have a dark horse pick on, on maybe who that could be. Um, but anyway, let's move on to our next topic. Um, so Braun just chilling in a whorehouse or maybe his house. I don't know. Um, but he's definitely like, you know, chilling with, with, with a few whores. Um, and, uh, in walks, uh, the maester, uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, shit. I just, Totally blanked on his name. I almost said Pike. Frankenstein. I was like, ah, yeah, there you go. It's Frankenstein. Um, Doctor Frankenstein walks in, and um, we we look so professional right now. Um, uh, he he walks in, and um, Nick, do we ever? Uh, uh, no, but uh, you know, I, I try <laughs> to do my best to like replicate it. <laughs> um, you know, so I, sometimes I'm successful, sometimes I'm not. You know, what can I say? Um, but, uh, but yeah, so he walks in, and, and uh, he's, um, you know, essentially, like, you, you, your, your, your queen, like, has 
you know, essentially a mission for you. And, you know, he has, he has a couple quips about, you know, well, you know, I had a castle and you know, she took that away. So, you know, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, you know, that was really more Jamie's doing. Um, so, uh, you know, all of that. But, um, so obviously the, the, the big point here is Cersei wants him to go kill Tyrion and Jamie. Um, and is willing to pay him very handsomely for that. Um, very interesting. Uh, as far as you know, a setup for Braun and his character, who's always sort of been essentially this character who um, you know doesn't <laughs> doesn't play by the rules. Um, is totally a mercenary, a hired gun. But the two characters that he has any sort of relationship throughout the show with uh, is absolutely tier, first Tyrion and then Jamie, and it, it, it's interesting to me. Will do we think that he would actually consider doing this? Because I mean, he he doesn't really accept it, um, but obviously the offer is very fucking nice. Um, and and furthermore, like, does he believe that um, essentially that that Cersei's going to be in power for long? I, I feel like he would like kind of contemplate that um, in his assertion as to whether it would be worth it or not. Um, a lot of things going on here. What are your thoughts on you know essentially uh, the Maester, the Hand of the Queen, coming into? Uh, Hire Braun to kill Tyrion and Jamie. This fucking family. And it's so true, man. The fact that he's giving him Joffrey's crossbow that fucking Tyrion used to kill Tywin on the fucking toilet says a lot about yeah. Cersei and what she what she perceives as as revenge, if you will, from her for her two brothers. Um yeah. I think that there is a possibility that Braun tries to kill one of them, but I think he's gonna come to his senses. Uh, or he'll just say, screw this, I don't trust her, I'm coming to warn you guys, and just join the fleet. But in doing so, I think that's going to get Brom killed by Cersei and her forces uh, eventually. That will catch up to him. Uh, I know that, that, I guess it's somewhat of a prediction, but I mean it's for one character story arc. So I think that that will be, it's a give and take situation a lot on Game of Thrones. So I think the give will be, he's not going to try to kill either one of them because he doesn't trust Cersei. Because didn't he? I, th- I believe he said something about she offered me a castle and then she took it right back. So right. I think that that's in the back of his mind. She's fucking crazy. He's gotten along with uh, Tyrion. He's he's gotten along with Jamie. I think he'll join them. There is a possibility that he might second guess doing it, but he won't go through with it. And I think because of that, Cersei's going to kill him or get someone to kill him. Yeah. Um... I, I could see that happening. I I do like your yeah. I I, I think it'll be a, a, a sense of um. I it, it, and it, I think this goes back to somewhat fan service. I like people love fucking Braun. Um, like like irrationally almost love Braun. Um, because he's just he's the simple man. Like one of the best side characters uh, for sure. Yeah, and especially in the show because he's really not important at all in the books. Um, but like, like he is 
essentially like the quintessential simple man. He just wants like to get a castle and have a you know a, a, a posh wife and a posh life and all of this shit. Um, and he just keeps getting you know fucked around and it can never fucking uh, get it. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we, I, I think he's going to choose the friendships that he has built, um, you know, with Tyrion and Jamie, um, you know, essentially over uh, a promise from Cersei. Uh, I, I just can't see him turning his back. I, I think, it, I, like, again, I say fan service. I think it would just that, – that would just – rub fans so much the wrong way um for the 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 um quote unquote game of thrones man's man um to to make that kind of decision i don't think they'll go down that i really don't um i think very much more likely he uh ends up i i, I almost kind of think it's like an excuse to get him to ride north and you know m- maybe he dies maybe he doesn't i'm not totally sold one way or the other on that. Um, but I, I, I don't think he, he goes through with this. Um, it's just, it's just, I just don't think it's in his character. Um, it, it, it is in his character, which is why they're setting it up this way. But I think ultimately like it's not, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's not quite the situation of, of, Tyrion wanting him to, you know, be uh, his champion uh, against the mountain when he was on trial. And, you know, Bronn's like, dude, like, I got a fucking castle and, you know, all this fucking cool shit. And, like, I, there's, that, there's literally nothing in that for me. Like, in fact, like, like best case scenario, I win the fight and then I lose my fucking castle. <laughs> like, there's, like, nothing you could pay me that would, like, make this worth it. Um, and in this particular scenario, I, I think it would it, it it would come down more so that the ends don't justify the means. Uh, and even if they even if he convinces himself that they do, um, I think he'll have some kind of moment of just being like, "Yes, yeah, this, this shit ain't worth it." But I think he will set out to do it. I think they'll set that up. Um, but ultimately, I, I don't think he will. Uh, Kyburn. Kyburn is the name of Frankenstein. Um, I, I, I thought about it a, a couple minutes ago. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, we'll kind of see how that all plays out. By the way, I think it's also very interesting because you know that um, the, the character – or I'm sorry, the actor who, who plays Braun uh, and the actor who plays – actress who plays Cersei, uh, they're like uh, ex-lovers, uh, I guess, in real life, uh, and they don't like Whoa. each other. <laughs> so uh, I, I found it uh, very common. So Cersei's going to kill Bob. Um, uh, no, because they will not be in a scene together. <laughs> so like last year when, um, you know, when they met she in the, the – uh, I guess, uh, very much so. Uh, but when you know when they met last year in the pits, um, you know he kind of Bron uh, kind of walks off with um, uh, God. I'm fucking up so bad. Um, 
uh, the the uh, Tyrion Squire. I can't remember his fucking name right now. So oh, he's, uh, he's Podrick. Podrick, thank you. Um, yeah, like he's like, all right, Podrick, like the fancy people are gonna have their talk. Let's go get us a drink, um, so that he's never in a scene with uh, with uh, Cersei. Um, and I, I found that to be very comical. Um, like that, that's literally the first thing I thought when, uh, when Kyvern shows up to, uh, to, to deliver that news to Bronn. It was, it was she, he, like, he couldn't be summoned by her, um, for her to tell him because they will, they refuse to be in scenes with one another. <laughs> so I was like, all right, good job, uh, D&D, way to get around that. That's a uh, way to get your story told without, a. Pissing off your actors, um, so that was, was pretty funny to me. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's move on to our next one, number six. Sam tells John he is Aegon Targaryen, and here is another reunion moment. Um, the show, the, this particular episode, full of reunions. It is the reunion episode. So, uh, so. We, I mean, we as the audience knew Sam was the one stumbling down the stairs into the crypt, uh, but obviously John did not know that, um, and so he he kind of comes around the corner and um, you know essentially finds uh, um, Sam and embraces him. And before we get to the you know big reveal of him being Aegon Targaryen. Uh, I think it is one bit of extreme importance in this conversation um, sort of harkens back to um, the scene that that, uh, Sam had with Daenerys um, in which, of course, she was coming to uh, thank him for saving Jorah's life um, and very stoically tells him that she – essentially, you know, had his father and brother executed. Um, and that served, I think, a, a big big part in why Sam was so willing to tell John this news. Um, and, you know, obviously Bran, Bran felt that it was important, which I feel like has significance. That you know, Bran was like, now is when we need to tell him. Like, I I don't feel like I don't feel like Bran's someone out of the know. Obviously, as the as the three eyed crow uh, or three eyed raven on the show, um, that uh, you know, essentially, yeah, he he knew this was the time that he needed to figure this out. Um, whatever it means, it's it's, it's almost kind of like Doctor Strange looking into the future and saying, this is what we need to do, um, and not necessarily explaining it to everybody else. Um, but uh, nevertheless, he, he when he reveals that to John, I feel like you could see the, the kind of anguish on John's face like, I don't, I don't know how to react to this. Uh, like, I mean, obviously, John's now in love with her. Um, John needs her army, and it, it is essentially like 
trying to defend her, and and you can see the look on Sam's face where Sam's like, how the fuck are you defending her right now? Like, this is not – like, I'm sorry would have done just fine, but now you're, like, trying to defend her, um, and, and like, like, don't try to tell me you would have done the same thing. You would have not done the same thing, and we all know John would have not done that. Like, John is not Danny. John would – no way John would have done that. Um, uh, regardless of, of, like, of course John wouldn't have done it knowing the relationship. John wouldn't have done it in general, more than likely. Um, so, like, that is a huge setup to the scene, and it all culminates in him revealing uh, – Sam revealing that John – is actually Aegon Targaryen, um, the the true heir to the throne. And I think that part of this scene that stood out to me was when he says to John, um, like John tells him, "This is treason. Like you can't do this." And he's like, "No, it's not. Like you are the actual heir to the throne, and you know what? You are willing to give up your crown for for her." Um, is she willing to do the same thing for you? And I don't know. I, I don't think she is. Like, maybe, maybe she is. But, like, I don't think so. I, I think that part of the whole end goal, like, she is not, obviously not an immoral or unjust person here. Um, but the whole end game for her is crown and i i do feel like part of the reason she is so willing to help in this effort to defeat the night king is she realizes that if she can't defeat the night king if if, if there is no crown to be won then her her goals and her aspirations are useless so she has to do it but if she finds out but she's not actually the heir, and that John is the heir. Um, I think there's a high probability that some backstabbing uh, tendencies or thoughts could creep into her head. Um, and obviously, John is not exactly at all, you know, in that sort of mindset. So I will be very inter- interested to see. Um, where this information goes, um, I, my best bet is that essentially John is like, we are keeping this between you, me, and Bran. No one else needs to know this. It can only serve to weaken, you know, not only my alliance that I built with Daenerys, but the alliance or the the the, the thinly held um, respect that I have with the North. Um, this is this is terrible information, and it's coming at the worst fucking time. Um, I do not expect this to, to become public anytime soon, and I honestly kind of expect uh, – I expect her to kind of Dan- – Daenerys to kind of find out about it, maybe any other subsequent parties to find out about it in a back-channel kind of way. I definitely don't see Jon um, coming out and, and, and saying – uh, you know that he is the, the true heir to the Iron Throne. What are your thoughts on all of this? 
Well, yeah, of course he doesn't because, you know, he doesn't want anyone to know that he's banging his aunt. That's kind of fucking weird having a conversation. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, we, we, we're all going to pretend that didn't happen. At least they're, brother and, they're not brother and sister uh, like the Lannisters. But, um, yeah, man, there is a lot in this whole entire situation. Uh, the question, can Danny show mercy? Can she also... Um, you know, when, when it, in reference to what happened to Sam's uh, father and son, because obviously John would do a different thing in that situation. He wouldn't, because Danny does not understand mercy. And can she realize who's truly just uh, when it comes to being the person? I mean, technically, it should be Jon Snow. Now, in a perfect world, um, or in, a, in an alternate universe, there is a story where John and Danny have a conversation. He tells her, she says, well, Hey, like, let's look at this in perspective wise, you know, it's, it's because you're the male heir, but technically I am closer in the scheme of things when it comes down to uh, bloodline, you know, he's the, he's the nephew, even though they're the same age. So them understanding that them not bringing it up and them going in. And I just don't think that's going to fucking happen. I'm sorry, people that this is Danny is, we know she, she has, her fa- she is her father's daughter, okay? Even if Jon Snow comes from the same lineage, maybe the Stark part kind of, met, you know, it, it neutralizes between fire and ice or whatnot. Um, but I don't think she has that same type of concept. I think that she does have compassion, but she's very impulsive. She will do stuff. Um, and her ultimate goal, like you said, Nick, is to rule the kingdoms. So that's the whole reason she's going a part of this war is to take care of that threat so she can still rule above everyone. Uh, you know, I don't know what John's going to do. It could come up. Yeah, like or even, like you said, even it, what she says. Sorry, even what she says to John about Sansa, like she like she doesn't have to like up. me, but she has to recognize me as her queen. Um, like I mean, it's like. And, and you know you could just did you just threaten my sister like yeah like I mean it was like and I I understand where Danny's coming from in that sense as she sees herself as the queen of 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 all of Westeros I get that if you're the queen you have to be respected as such I get that um but like it, it's like what John keeps saying is like we have bigger fish to fry here. Yeah. I chose the North over a, 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 a king, a, 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 you know, essentially being the king uh, of the North. I chose the North, um, and, and it's like there's been no evidence thus far that Danny would have that same impulsion. And the fact that Sam asked the question, I think, is kind of the bookmark on this episode um, into, you know, progressing towards. What might come of that? I I don't know that that's there. Maybe it is, but they have done a great job in laying out um, the reasons why it's not. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a whole. It's it's a very weird situation. Um, I love I love Daenerys. She's definitely she's become extremely arrogant, um, just in her ways. And just if she finds out information like this, will it happen? But I also like your 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 theory 
um, about them trying to keep it hush-hush. What I have to ask to you, though, would Bran allow that to be hush-hush between him, uh, Sam, and, and John, or would he show Danny, like you were kind of suggesting something could happen, could Bran force her to see this vision, this this, this this thing that happened in the past, so she understands it is true, and that's how she finds out. I, I don't know if that's part of his power um, to be able to, like, share these visions. Um, I, I think they could certainly make it such that it is. Um, that's a good point. And But, like, but you do bring up a good point. I, I think maybe um, – uh, Maybe not the point you were making, but I do think it, it, that this is what I'm taking from it is like like what and, – and, and we even kind of maybe got this a little bit in the um, – uh, you know, with the reveal with Sam's conversation with John. John doesn't really question it that much. Um, like yeah. – and I feel like – I feel like that is – Doesn't Sam have documentation? Yes. Like, didn't he, he find out the birth it. records? Okay. He, he he. Well, he has the doc the annulment. He has that documented, and with that, and Brand's vision, um, that's how they came to, um, the um, the conclusion that John is Aegon and the rightful heir to the throne. Um, so he he has the annulment, but he doesn't have the the, the there is no proof. Proof of birth, um, or, or, or proof that he is the uh, the the born child um, from Aegon and uh, Lyanna. So the fact that there isn't that that sort of proof there, um, I think, is obviously of interest uh, and 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 could play a part. Um, but here's the thing, like. <laughs> I I I just wonder like I don't think John wants it. Like I don't think John wants to rule the fucking uh the, the He kingdom. doesn't. Um and and so I wonder if this is I wonder to me the way that you build this up and you make it interesting is for Danny who is um Sometimes punch drunk, and at times, uh, you know, as you said earlier, um, uh, you know, sort of um, can't remember the exact phrase you used, but essentially, you were saying she's uh, she doesn't make she makes very rash decisions, um, compulsive, like compulsive, and like would that, like, could that lead to tension amongst the camp? Um, and I think essentially it will, um, and I think essentially most of that will be put to rest by episode three when they have to fight off the dead. Um, and I think it. I think the episodes between three and well, the last one's six, but five is the next big battle. If you're reading in between the lines with Miguel Sapochnik directing episodes three and five, director of Hard Home. Uh, director, director of the Battle of Bastards. Um, those are going to be your two big battle episodes. Um, so, like episode four is going to be very interesting to see 
um, who is left over, um, what uh, you know, what comes of this news, and 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 how it affects and infects um, the the camp that is remaining, um, and you know, like I fucking hate to say it, but you know, maybe uh, maybe even though I don't think it's going to turn out this way for her, maybe Cersei did play the best card. Like, let those fuckers destroy themselves, and then, you know, whoever's left over, we'll take care of them, and then, you know, we'll be good. Um, like I said, I don't think that's going to – I think she's going to have some kind of big fuck-up along the way. And I think they're honestly sewing the the – the um, seams of her fuck up with hiring Braun to kill the two people that he is closest to. I think that is going to be um, sort of her fuck up. And if you look at the Valonqar prophecy um, that she is to be killed by the younger sibling um, who obviously it could fit in a number of different narratives. um, But uh i you know if if Jamie finds out that she hired braun to kill him um and it's a uh, we've talked about these parallels if it's a situation where you know he's faced with another situation like the kingslayer uh type of thing um maybe he is the one to kill her and you know um essentially chokes her to death and um you know that's that's how she goes out so maybe her hiring Braun could be um that kind of uh uh i guess straw that broke the camel's back if you will it's very intriguing um i don't know uh I think that there is going to be consequences regardless. Cersei trying to get Brom to do it, and then Brom, uh, if he decides not to, possibly getting killed by someone that Cersei sends to kill him. Um, that's a situation, I guess. Uh, I don't know. It's it's crazy. I, I have so many theories about Cersei, but I want to leave it for predictions, basically. Or I have a yeah, theory yeah, yeah. about Cersei. Okay. Uh, well, let's get to our final... Um topic of the episode uh so we obviously need to talk about the final shot in the scene our final reunion of the episode where um it, I, I feel like it was fairly obvious that the man on the hooded man on horseback was jamie um and he gets off his horse takes off his hood and sort of looks around glances over and sees poor Bran, who's just been sitting out in the fucking cold for days, apparently. He's been in the same fucking spot for days. Um, the, the, you know, I posted a meme to her, her page, like, if they're cold, like, if you're cold, they're cold, like, let them in, let them inside. <laughs> like, it, it definitely fucking felt like that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, He's just been camping out outside the whole fucking time. Like every time we see him, he's fucking just parked in the same fucking spot. Um, I guess that's just where he knew he needed to be. Um, but when Jamie locks eyes with him, 
there is a sheer look of fucking panic on his face. <laughs> like, oh my fucking god. Like, the, of course the first fucking person I see is the fucking kid that I pushed out of a fucking window like 10 years ago. Uh, but uh, what did you think about this scene? And um, what, what do you think that it sets up? And, like, what do you think – do you really – do you think that Bran would hold anything against Jamie at this point? Uh, to answer that, first, or that, that last question that you asked, to me, people are saying that he was smiling or being stoic the whole entire time. To me, even though he said to uh, Sam that he was waiting for an old friend – uh, when Jamie got there, I got the look in his face that it went from, like, stoic, like we've seen him, but it looked like he was a right. little bit angry towards the end after that exchange. Like, yeah, I still remember, motherfucker. Like, I'm still here a little bit. Uh, so I think yeah. there will be repercussions. I'm wondering if if, if he's going to tell them because he knows now that Jamie's the one who pushed him out the window. I just find it – I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Another reflection of the first episode, the last time he saw him – he he physically paralyzed uh, Bren, and this time Bren's mentally paralyzing Jamie uh, on their next uh, altercation. Uh, so that I found that really really man, it's it's uh, it gave me chills when that happened. I was like, holy shit! Jamie looked very concerned, and I think he should be followed by what we saw in the in the in the uh, previews of what's to come in this season. I'm just wondering, still, it's, it's so dumb. I see him. I know that he's in Winterfell, and I'm going, oh, man, I wonder if him and Brienne's going to have a scene together. Like, that's that's something that I jump to as a fan of this. I'm not thinking about, okay, the Three-Eyed Raven's a little bit aggravated that Jamie's here, and I wonder if he's just going to fucking just be blatant and be like, yeah, he pushed me out the window, too, to add on to all the other reasons why everyone hates him outside of Tyrion, who's probably going to be his lawyer um, uh, coming up. But, yeah, great scene. Chilling. Literally. Yeah, see, I think honestly, I I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like it. We might like just open up the second episode with like a conversation between the two of them, um, and and like Bran essentially revealing to Jamie that he knows, um, but like, I don't. I, I honestly think Bran is going to be the one who steps in and essentially saves Jamie's ass because I I I don't know. I don't know why I have this, this such strong feeling towards that. I just do. I think that Bran is is in again, Doctor Strange level like seeing all the parts unfold, not having the full picture but but you know, seeing the, the necessary parts to make things work. Um, I think that he recognizes Jamie's importance. Obviously, Jamie will not die, and you know he, he's going to survive whatever trial that he has, one way or the other. Um, now he may be imprisoned or you know something else, but eventually he's going to take part in the battle that is um, in episode three. Um, we you know saw that in the trailer footage. Um, but I think Bran could very well be the the person who's you know most forthright uh, in Jamie's corner, along with Brienne. Um, I think um, I very much look forward to their reunion. Um, the the scene where uh, uh, you know 
she's sailing away from uh, the castle, um, uh, it, you know, uh, with uh, black that Blackfish had taken hold, um, uh, and and essentially he waves goodbye to her, um, and and doesn't alert anybody to you know her sailing off. Um, I think uh, you know that's something of note. Um, and I think his his arc has you know been built up way too much as a redemption story uh, for him to go down like that. So um, I do think it's interesting though. You brought up the the, the teaser. Um, I do think I do wonder if they're really kind of again. I'm I'm going back to this Daenerys um, almost kind of making a heel turn. Uh, you know, throw out a wrestling reference for you there, Dane. Um, towards this, I was like, this, "What? Yeah." Um, the, 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 like, you know, with with her little speech at the beginning of that teaser is like, you know, um, will she kind of almost demand that he has put to death, um, and will it be? Jamie that you know pleads and and explains why he did it will it be Bran who steps in and says you know if it weren't for him everybody in King's Landing would have died um you know will it be Brienne um you know testifying on his behalf all of these various things I think could further kind of set up this um this sort of uh, splinter between the John camp and Daenerys camp. Um, obviously, all of that's going to be put aside when episode three comes, but with episode four, uh, five, and six, does that hang over? Um, is, is that something that lingers that you know they have to continue to quarrel with amongst each other? Um, it may possibly be. It could very well be that kind of scenario. Um, so I I think what comes of this trial is is very very interesting to me. Um, so yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's get into some theories. Uh, you know, we've real quick. On yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you about three scenes that we didn't go over. One of them being the last scene um, to kind of just play off what you thought about uh, just um, the, the second scene that we see with lady uh, Mormont, man, she ain't fucking around, man. She does not need the sons that they don't trust Danny. Um, you know, and I love how she was pointing out and calling out Jon Snow. And he finally said a line that I really liked. And I wanted to get your, uh, you know, uh, what, what you thought about it when he said, I had a choice keep my crown or protect the North. And I chose the North. And then also the line followed up from that for sons is saying, what do dragons eat? And Danny saying, whatever they want being rather. <laughs> right. Yes. Very much Daenerys man. Kind of being an arrogant, yeah. you know, I, there's reason why lady Mormont, I feel and Sansa have a reason to not like her. And I mean, it might be some yeah. female altercation, but it's, it's still, it, it's got some, some reason for it. But yeah. what did you think about that one? I think it was a further kind of sets up. I don't want to call it a theory, but just um, like a, um, a, a like looking forward to seeing how they could 
set Danny up to be this heel turn character, um, this this character that they've set up throughout the show as being um, this um, uh, noble and um, you know like it, and from the beginning almost like pitiful character um, and her rise to power um, and you know I. I I do. I, I I think that line and everything else we've mentioned in the show um, sets a lot of that up. And I think it was, like I said uh, earlier, it was accented the very uh, close to the very end of the episode when Sam, you know, essentially says, "Would she, would she give up the crown, uh, you know, for for the kingdom, um, you know, for you know, you know, in, for you, John." Um, essentially, and you know, I I think that moment um, and the moment uh, that that Sansa has um, with uh, John, where she asks yep. asks him if he bent the knee um, because um, he loved her or but because he thought it was actually best for the North, um, and I, I think that's a really good question because they left that very open ended at the end of last season. Um, and it, it definitely seemed like he bent the knee um, with either one of those things being up in the air and maybe kind of leaning more towards he just I – I would say he bent the knee because he respected her. Um, and he, he she had gained his respect. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think she likewise gained – uh, or you know, they both gained each other's respect. Um, but I do still think that's a very poignant question from Sam. And and again, I don't know. I don't know if she would yep. do the same thing that John has done. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And that was actually the second scene, so I don't really have to like talk about it. But I, I think it's very telling that Sansa knows her brother. She knows John. Yeah. And she knows that even though, like like Tyrion, like most of the male characters. He's very heroic, he's very passionate, but he's also very naive. And even mm. with something like this, it's like when he said, do you have faith in me at all? And she's like, yeah, you know I do. But it doesn't matter. If you're blinded by her love, you're not seeing all the things that she's doing. And Sam's the one who really lays that into him. And he's finally met with reflecting, besides the fact that it's his aunt and he's banging her, um, of all the stuff that Daenerys <laughs> has done. Which they don't really address. Uh, I know, it's fine. But yeah, the last scene with um, you know, when we had or not the second to last scene where where Tormund and the Night's Watch oh, yeah. and that dude with the flaming sword and it, very horror movie esque, Nick, Beric very Dundarian. scary, and we've seen this. What's that? Beric Dondarrion. The flaming. Beric Dondarrion, exactly, flame sword dude. Um, when they <laughs> came and they found that one kid that I'm assuming might have been the one that John talked to at the beginning of the episode pinned up with a yes. bunch of arms in this weird art that they've done throughout other parts in the, in the seasons that, that the White Walkers do. I don't know what the symbolism is. The one thing I was worried about that, and I want to ask you – also, by the way, I love – I've always had blue eyes, like you know when, when they thought <laughs> yeah, that, that he great. had turned into a White Walker. I love Tormund, yeah. but I think it's going to be the end, man, because he says right before – you know, or right as the kids start screaming, um, we just have to hope that the Night King, uh, Night King doesn't come first. 
did they just set off an alarm that they're there and we're going to see the next time we see them, them fighting off the Night King and the White Walkers in that kingdom? I'm wondering if that was like basically there as to screw them over, if you will. And what the hell does that mean? What creepy crap that the White Walkers bring in the show? I love it. It's like a out of a H.E. Well, Geiger like I, photo shoot. <laughs> nice. I like the Geiger reference. Um, I well, I think they they had in the teaser. I I want to say there was, and I could be wrong, um, but I I think there was a scene for season two between um, John and um, Tormund. I like I said, I could be wrong. I I did. I haven't like I've only watched the, the the episode once, so but I I think there was that. So I don't I don't think they're gonna die there, but I I think they're gonna get back. There, in fact, I'm 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 pretty positive. Um, yeah, because he says, "How long do we have?" And you know, Tormund's like, "Until nightfall," um, or you know, at daybreak or whatever, um, uh, whatever whatever it was he said. Um, so so they're they're gonna beat the Night King back there because of the horses and all that. Um, but, um, I, I totally don't expect Tormund to make it out of here alive. Um, he, I mean, he's avoided death three or four times at this point. Um, and you know, I mean, he's, I, I don't think he's going to make it out. Um, but he's going to make it back to Winterfell. Um, and you know, they're going to, they're going to set up for their last stand. I would imagine, um, Essentially, episode two ends with um, either the first, the, the like first attack, the first raid of the White Walkers on Winterfell, or the setup for that, and then we'll go right into it uh, with episode three um, and really go into um, the battle between uh, the Living and the Night's King in uh, Winterfell for that. Uh, for episode three. Dane, you're on mute. Yeah, no, my phone was screwing up when I was trying to unmute it for like a couple seconds. Anyways, uh, yeah, those are the three things I wanted to bring up uh, before we go to, went into predictions, but now back to you. Sorry for hijacking things. Apologize. <laughs> no worries, man. Um, all right, so yeah, predictions. Uh, so I want to talk about, let's, let's do just some kind of broad predictions uh, to start, if you will. And then let's get into, like, who we think will die. Um, I don't know if you have, like, a top five or – like, I don't want to limit it to, like, any particular number. But just, like, any, any, any amount of, like, main characters who you think, like, are going to bite the dust. Um, and, and, you know, if you have any particular theories on how it happens, feel free to elaborate on that. But before we get into the – who will die aspect um your predictions uh you know um any any sort of predictions that you have whether it be for the next episode or for any sort of upcoming episodes based on what we've been given at this point um they're probably for later uh they definitely deal with the ending but i have three i'm going to go from like least to greatest when it comes to ridiculous uh claims okay. within them but my first one I don't think is, is very ridiculous. I think this has probably been said by a million people, and I'm sure – I actually know for a fact either, both the other predictions have been. Uh, but 
I think that Arya is going to have a point where she gets to finally kill the mountain and she's going to try to take him on and do very similar things that the Viper did when he was taken on the mountain, use speed to her advantage. She's going to screw up. The Hound is going to come and he's actually going to save her. But in doing so, even though they take out the mountain, you know, maybe she does the killing below the Hound will be dying because of this. And she will still have her prophecy of killing certain people because out of mercy and after a scene that will probably make us all cry, if it happens, obviously, she'll kill the hound out of mercy uh, when he's dying, bleeding out. Uh, that's something I, I could definitely see happens. It would just kind of tie up a lot of the stuff that Arya does within her storyline. And I, I like it. I, it would be it would be heavy. It would be very heavy to happen, but it would probably be a great scene because, you know, there is that. As even though they both don't want to admit it, that that father daughter type of relationship that they have, and with the mountain, there's got to be an ending game for him. It's got to involve the hound. Arya's probably going to involve. That's what I kind of hope to see happen. What was this is kind of crazy, and, and I'll let you comment on both of these. But um, uh, before I go into the really ridiculous one that I don't think a lot of people will, will agree with me on, but. Bronn seems like there's nothing to take him out of his state. He's so ridiculously powerful with knowledge. What could be something that could do it? And someone was theorizing, what if Hodor shows up where they're fighting as a White Walker, and that kind of takes Bronn out of something that he's doing to help them and kind of puts him back in his state when he sees him? Especially, I know this might sound ridiculous, if Hodor is saying Hodor over and over again while he's this White Walker. Now, they might not even do that, but we saw him – get taken out by them could that could that yeah. possibly uh you know do something and could that actually cause Braun to to pierce through the three-eyed raven back to his former self break his concentration basically yeah um the last one i have is ridiculous i think cersei's going to become the night queen that's my prediction basically as broad as a statement Ooh. as that is i think that somehow maybe she goes in and stupidly gets taken out and then he chooses her as his queen and takes her over, but she's still now the female threat to the night King. Um, or there's something that happens where she kind of gets the powers herself. I don't know. Maybe the Frankenstein dude will be uh, a part of it. I already forgot his name, Nick, but uh, those are my, yeah, that guy. Yes. Um, those are my, <laughs> Three ridiculous uh, predictions uh, from least to greatest, if you will, in uh, the level of of just probably not going to happen. Ish. Ish ness. Okay. There you go. Well, That's a word. I I don't I don't have three. I just have one. Um, and I don't I don't think it's going to happen because it's far too intricate to actually happen. Um, but if it does, I'll be proved a genius. Um, but I I have long contemplated this. And I think they've set it up to where it could work, um, where essentially – and here's what the setup would be. Um, after the battle um, uh, in Episode 3, um, Jamie dies, but we don't see it happen. We don't see Jamie's death, um, and Arya takes his face and comes Jamie. And uh, after the threat of the Night King has been put to bay, um, that she is the one who actually <clears throat> kills Cersei. And in this time, um, uh, I think the Hound also 
uh, fights the mountain. So we get Clegane Bowl. So I guess it's kind of two. Um, and that she is the one who strangles Cersei to death um, and then reveals uh, to both her and the audience that Jamie is already dead and that she now has his face and that she fulfills her prophecy of killing all of the people on her list, i.e. she kills Cersei, um, and that uh, the mountain and the hound end up killing each other. Um, and I would add to it by maybe um, after she kills Cersei and through their battle, um, maybe they're both the hound uh, and the mountain are mortally injured, and she comes out and she kills the mountain, and then the hound says something to the effect of, like, don't, like, don't walk away this time. Like, I'm at peace. Like, I want you to actually kill me. And so she kills him, and she crosses off everybody on her list, and then and we all cry. Fucking, yeah, and then we all cry when she like plunges needle into the hound um, for the final blow. Um, as much as I want her and the hound to go off on adventures together forever, um, I I I, uh, I think that would be almost kind of a fitting thing. And you know, um, it would be an interesting way, at least for the show's adaptation. Um, to present the Valencar theory um, with, uh, you know, obviously Arya is a younger sibling, uh, and obviously um, her wearing Jamie's face um, would present the notion that, you know, it's actually, um, it, it, you know, it's Jamie uh, doing the deed until we get the final reveal that it's actually Arya um, and her list is being crossed off. You know, finally. So that's my 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 one crazy theory. I like it. I definitely like it. Um, it kind of it can coincide with uh, my one about the hound. And, you know, that scene getting shown up. I like the fact that you know because I don't think the Night Queen's going to happen. But I mean, it would make sense that they're like, fuck it, she's going to be the ultimate villain uh, in this. But uh, it makes well, I think makes she's going to be for... the ultimate villain. But I I, I like I think over the Night King. The Night King. Well, I think they'll defeat the Night King and then have to go back to King's Landing. Like, as she basically said, we'll fight whoever comes, um, you know, whoever whoever's left standing, and whoever's left standing will inevitably kill her. Um, and, I, well, and I'll give you one more theory. Um, uh, I don't think that anyone's going to possess the Iron Throne. I think... Essentially, me too. My, I think that Tyrion is definitely left standing after all of this, um, and I think essentially he's, you know, kind of says we're going to try something different, and we're going to have um, a council, and we're going to have each individual kingdom rule themselves, and we're going to have like a um, council, uh, you know, that w- of representatives that meets at the, you know, um, in King's Landing, um, which we will rename fill in the blank. Um, and, you know, uh, 
that's how we're going to do it going forward. I think it would um, certainly sort of pay homage to Martin's, George R. R. Martin's, um, uh, you know, takes on history and how kingdoms don't really work <laughs> um, and how um, it's, it, yeah, you know, a, a new age of, um, I guess, uh, democratic republics will be ushered in uh, to Westeros. I definitely could see that happening. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I thought it was just going to end in some type of tragedy where none of our favorite characters get to make it to the throne uh, because, you know, humans are stupid. Uh, and that's the overall message that they're trying to deliver to us. But yours is a lot better. I like the council. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, Danny and Gendry make it, and they sail off together. Um to go find new adventures. Um, and Sansa makes it. Um, she is the Warden of the North. Um, I, I think Gendry is uh, offered the title of Warden of the um, Southlands or the Riverlands. Riverlands. Is it Riverlands? Wherever he's fucking from. <laughs> uh, and River declines it to to go off and, 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 you know, go off on adventures with Arya and sell west to find out what's west of Westeros because um, that's been teased uh, throughout. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we get left with an uncom- incomplete picture of who's going to be, you know, the actual um, people who control each uh, quote-unquote kingdom or province, as it probably will be referred to, um, but uh, but I definitely think Sansa will will remain alive. I I think both Danny and John die. <laughs> like I don't I don't think there's a baby coming. I know a lot of people like the whole baby theory. Like no, nah, I think they both die. <laughs> just, I think uh, um, however it happens, I I, I think that um, that that's gonna happen. Well, I guess that kind of goes into what we we're, t- we're going to talk about. Um, was who's going to die? So do you want to do you want to start this whole entire thing, or or have me kind of like do a couple? I guess and you do a couple. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. You you go ahead and do a couple, and I'll I'll throw a couple back your way. That sounds good. Okay, I think you're right about Danny and John. I think they're going to bite the bullet. Either Danny's going to yep. just kind of go to the dark side. Or they are going to stay together, but she's going to die tragically. John will do something heroic to go out. Uh, Cersei's going to go. Uh, Jamie's going to go. Tyrion's probably going to survive. I think that him, Sansa, Arya, uh, they'll be people that will probably survive. Hound's going to die. Bronn might die, actually, doing something, be the three-eyed raven. Or maybe he actually survives and goes and becomes that old guy, goes back in time or some shit. I have no fucking clue. And um, Sam will survive, and Brian will survive. I can't think of anyone else on top of my head uh, out of the characters. See, I I wonder about Brienne because she dies in the books. She's already dead in the books. Um, oh. Uh, so, and, and but the way she dies in the books is interesting. Um, uh, Lady Stoneheart. Uh, kills her, um, who is uh, essentially um, uh, Mama, Mama Stark. Stark. Yeah. Fuck, what the hell um, is her name? And 
Dude, god damn it. I, I was hoping just to skip over that because, again, I can't remember. I'm sorry. It's going to drive um, me crazy. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, so she, uh, she kills her, um, you know, uh, for, uh, yeah, whatever, for whatever reason. Um, but essentially, I don't, I don't know if she makes it out, but I, I do think that could be an interesting, yeah, yeah Caitlin, well, Cap, Catlin and the, yeah, Caitlin, Catlin, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. Um, but uh, she, uh, so I think Brienne's interesting. I, I, I think that 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 could be a definite definite difference um, in from show to book. Um, the fact that they've they've kept her along, you know, kept her alive for this long after you know her her death in the books. Um, but I, I still think she's probably going to have. I, I honestly I think she, maybe she has like a moment where she sacrifices herself for Jamie. Um, or vice versa. Yeah. Um, or Sansa. Which, you know, if we, yeah, or or Sansa or Arya, like any any, throughout any any of those. Um, so I definitely think that's a possibility. Um, but I I do think she's probably gonna die. She's not not in my top list, but I I, I do think it's gonna happen. Um, but yeah, I I totally think John and Arya. Um, not Arya, uh, John and Danny are are, are goners, um, which I I've caught a lot of shit from, um, <laughs> caught a lot of shit for I guess from various uh, friends of mine um, that are like no 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 they can't have that happen. Well, they, Would they that can. start stop um, the bloodline of the Targaryens? Wouldn't wouldn't that kind of yeah cease the whole entire thing? Exactly. Wow. Ushers in the air of democracy. Um, there is no king. There's nobody to take over the throne, which leads into there is no throne. Let's rethink this whole thing type of situation, um, which is how I feel like it's going to end in the most sense that it makes for it to end that way is for um, there not to be any sort of heir. And you know, uh, at that point, it, essentially it would be like um, Gendry would be the best heir at that point being a son of Robert Baratheon um, and like essentially again I think whether it be he's rewarded the crown a stark girl or, that he could marry yeah there is um, but I, I think they both are just like fuck that <laughs> we don't want any part of that like what part of everything that they've seen in their lives would make them want to embark on that endeavor <laughs> you know like i don't i don't foresee it happening um so yeah i mean i i i think that is is definitely not in the cards um and i think that kind of furthermore kind of goes towards like Kyrian being like well i guess i'm the next in line i guess but maybe i can think up something better um and he does and you know that's Essentially, how they operate from there on out. Um, but uh, but yeah, I definitely think uh, Cersei dies, Jamie dies, uh, John dies, uh, Daenerys dies, uh, the Hound dies, uh, the Mountain dies. Um, those are, I guess, the big characters. Um, there will be other yeah. smaller characters 
who definitely die. Um, but I think all of those characters definitely end up biting the dust. I, I, I'm with you. I'm not sure on Bran because it would it would make sense that like the dragons all die, and you know the the the, the White Walkers die, and Bran dies because he's like that last like bit of magic mystical presence from yeah. Yeah, and like it, you know, it makes sense that like all of that is gone. Um, but for whatever reason, I think Bran makes it. I do. I think. I think if he doesn't, he's going to like warg into something and do something fucking awesome, knowing that he has a limited time to do it. Like maybe he wargs into a fucking dragon, and then fucking just wreck some shit and then, you know, knows that he's going to die, and then he dies, and then maybe he becomes one with the dragon. Um, the same way that, that dude okay. did with the, the hawk um, uh, at the uh, uh, I, I want to say in like season three. Um, and uh, the, I, I don't what know. What about the fucking dire like happening. Yeah, I, I, I just popped in my way, head. I'm sorry. Like, are we getting Ghost and we are we getting Arya's dog back? Like, are we finally going to see them again? Like in battle? That's what I'm hoping. Dude, oh yeah, dude. There is no way they set up the fucking the 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 wolf pack uh, in the Riverlands and not pay that off. Like, however, yeah. that comes to fruition, it's going to be paid off. Um, but I think. Furthermore, um, I I would suspect that like Ghost is going to be um, is going to show up very soon. Um, that's a reunion that we didn't get, and I honestly I thought we were going to get it because if you watch the reveal between Sam and John, there's this this shadow of a wolf's head. Uh, just to the left of John on screen uh, in the crypts, and I, I guess uh, it was just maybe the the shadow of like a statue or or some drawing on the wall or something. But I totally but thought that ghost. was going to be snow. Uh, yeah, yeah, ghost. I totally thought that was going to be ghost, and it didn't it didn't pan out that way. Like we didn't see ghost. Um, but I I I think um, that we're going to get that. Maybe in the next episode, and I definitely think we're going to get the wolf pack at some point. Um, you know, whether it be that essentially they're overwhelmed uh, in uh, you know the the third episode and have to retreat back to the Riverlands, and then they you know set up a new final stand there, whatever it is, um, that's definitely going to happen. I think uh, the wolf pack is totally going to come into play. Um, and that will be so fucking awesome. Like, I want to see dragons and wolves fighting on the side of the living, fucking up the dead, like, ah, and zombie so giants fucking bad. all at the same time. Yes. Yes. I want to see it all. Better like, spend a lot of money on this shit. <laughs> yes. Especially, like, especially after how summer went out. Like, God, that always just, like, just bothered me. She went out like a bitch. Summer should have gone out like fucking, like killing so many fucking whites. 
like just tackling them and putting ripping them to pieces, and and she just got fucked up, you know, and pissed me off. Um, so like I I definitely want to see some some direwolves fuck some shit up. Yep, I agree. I also uh, I kind of wanted to mention before we wrap things up. Obviously, we are is that um, I, the acting on the show is so amazing, uh, Nick and. You know, you have people that I thought from the beginning were great. Between, I mean, Lena Headey, obviously, but like John Bradley, who plays Sam, is incredible. Macy Williams is incredible. But, you know, a lot of people poo pooed on these guys. But these three people, Sophie, uh, Sophie Turner, Amelia Clark, Kit Harrington, man, they have grown as actors. And this show has, I mean, that's one thing that I think is so engaging with film fans in general. Like, you don't have to be a genre film fan person that's more casual but like seriously when it comes to actually knowing the level of dramatics and acting that's something i always appreciate with game of thrones a hell of a lot more so than a lot of other television shows top tier oh yeah for sure like i i will say this i think that every actor or actress that is has been a part of this show delivers some of their best work um, on this show, and of course, like most of them are young, and we, you know, we have a long road to get to um, whether this is the pinnacle of their careers. Um, but I do think that this show brings out so much in all of these various actors and actresses, um, and I, I think that uh, a they're going to find themselves forever tied to and indebted to um, this series for how successful it is and, and the opportunities that it grants them. Um, but also, I, I don't think for a lot of these actresses and actors, I don't think it's going to define them. Um, I, like, I can see a lot, of, and we've already seen it play out with some of them. Um, or, you know, particularly speaking, um, I would say uh, uh, Sophie Turner um, and uh, the um, uh, the guy who plays Rob Stark. I can't remember his name, um, but we've seen them Robert take on Madden. big roles. Especially, thank you. Uh, we've seen, seen them take on uh, you know pretty big roles since uh, the show. And, and Madden has been rumored for a lot of various big roles. Um, I mean, he's been rumored to be a candidate for Batman. So, I mean, uh, so, I mean, that's be awesome. obviously something. Yeah. I mean, I think he'd be pretty good for the role. Wouldn't be my first choice, but I would not. They already got it. one of the guys from game of Thrones and Jorah. So, you know, might as well get another that's one. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but no, I mean, I, I don't think this is going to be the end for them in the least. I, I, I will stand by. I do not like Sophie as Jean Grey. I know you disagree with me on this. You're 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 totally content with her um, and her performance as Jean Grey. Um, I, I I was never a fan of it. Um, I, I don't know if that's more direction. Uh, I I tend to lean that way. Um, yeah. But you know I I feel the same way when I saw um, Amelia, Amelia Clark play Sarah Connor. I did not like yeah. her as Sarah Connor, but I loved her in Solo. 
I thought she was fucking amazing in Solo. Like, I think, honestly, I think it's very underrated. And I've heard that. Um, Dude, I I just think it is. I think it's so underrated. I Maybe the most, like, take, take out all of the fanfare and, you know, um, the, um, I guess that, you know, the, the, the buildup and the, 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 how we get so hyped for the episodic movies and everything. I, I honestly think there is a case to be made that Solo is the best of the Disney movies. I don't think that, and I'm going to piss a lot of Star Wars fans off. Actually, I think it's The Last Jedi. We just um, lost all of them. But, <laughs> yep, they're they're all gone. The diehard left. <laughs> but, you know, it's whatever. Like, I mean, that's, I, I get why people don't like it, and it's fine. Um, like, I, I don't I don't blame them for not liking it. I understand it. I really do. Um, I mean, I've had enough conversations with Kalina's to understand why they don't like the movie. <laughs> um, and I get it. I totally get it. Um, but do you think she's amazing in Solo? And I think it as a film is, is actually pretty good. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. I think uh, the, the cast the cast is amazing, um, and they play their roles so well. Uh, and, I mean, we're just lucky that they were able to, to culminate and get this cast together. Because um, there were yeah. so many variations of it. I mean, whether you, whether you go down to the pilot episode having to be um, reshot, and you know them having to recast Catelyn Stark, um, like they they totally had a different Catelyn Stark, and and and, and you know uh, that the pilot episode ended up not being great, and so they recast uh, in that regard and got a totally different actress, and she killed it. Um, and uh, there's tons of examples of that. And yeah, I mean, I I like. There's not there's not an actor or actress that has been involved in Game of Thrones who I'm going to dismiss um, because they're so good on Game of Thrones. You want to give them the the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, Indeed. and I think I think well, Kit, gonna... Kit Harrington. My lord, that last scene between him and uh, and Sam, uh, that was great acting between both of them. And Kit Harrington's grown a lot. Sorry, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, no, I I totally agree. I mean, he has, and I watched a little mini series um, that uh, he was involved in with HBO with him. Uh, it was essentially like the um, trying to bomb Parliament, Guy Fox. Uh, remember, remember the fourth of November, um, whole thing, um, like that uh, little miniseries, like a three episode miniseries about um, essentially the the Protestants, um, uh, you know, uh, torture or I guess torture is not the right word, but you know, they did torture the Catholics, um, but you know their crusade against the Catholics. Um, and you know, that was great. Like he was terrific in that. Um, and so I, I mean, I look forward to seeing very much more of him. I, I, I honestly think with, with Kit, look at him kind of, I guess how I look at, um, uh, Colin Farrell, like Colin Farrell is, is super versatile. He can do a lot, but I so much more prefer him 
like sort of in his element, like speaking in his own voice and playing characters where he can build off of that, where he's not having to put so much focus into making uh, like like killing an accent. And I think a lot of these actors uh, and actresses would be like that. Like I, I fucking love In Bruges. It's my favorite Colin Farrell movie. It's one of my favorite movies, in fact. Um, and he just is so fucking perfect in that movie. And I think like that may be kind of the the best way to get a lot of these characters, these actors and actresses rather, um, like just get them the right roles, um, and they will totally nail them. And I think I think Kit Harrington and and um, I mean all. All of these actors, uh, and then there's Peter Dinklage. I, I, yeah, and then there's Peter Dinklage. You can do fucking anything, <laughs> you know, like the yeah. cream of the crop, if you will. So, uh, and and you know what? I think uh, 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 Nicolas Costa Waldo um, uh, yep. is kind of in that same realm. Like I, I, I mean, he he doesn't his accent isn't what the accent that he plays on the show even. Um, so like, I mean, he's, he's kind of underrated, I think, and, and hopefully he'll, he'll be able to, he's obviously older than a lot of the younger, uh, cast and crew, but, uh, he will, um, I hope get a lot of, uh, get a lot of performances out of, out of his, uh, performance in this show. Um, but yeah, uh, that's going to wrap it up for our inaugural episode of Seven Hells. Uh, man, this is fun, Dane. I had a good fucking time with this. Me too. Indeed, sir. Uh, be sure to tune in to uh, Full Court Press. We're going to be breaking down the playoffs uh, and everything else. Uh, we're also going to have our award show coming up very soon. Uh, we may have that tomorrow. I don't know. We, we'll figure that out, but we're going to have a show tomorrow regardless. We're going to be breaking down the playoffs or doing our award show. Um, and then Thursday night we'll be doing, you know, further breaking down the playoffs or our award show. Uh, I'm just, I'm keeping, I'm keeping you all on your toes. Uh, so, you know, be that as it may, be sure to tune in. We're going to have a lot of awesome NBA content to break down. Dane, Wrestling Geeks Alliance, Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Give them your pitch, man. Hey, man, so this is – and we're about to start with Raw in a couple minutes. This is the Superstar Shakeup. People are getting traded between Raw and SmackDown. What is going to happen with feuds that you guys have liked that are all of a sudden not going to be there? Tag teams could get broken up. And even, you know, we could get some new people from NXT. It's going to be crazy. Tune in Wednesday, 7 p.m. EST, Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Thank you, guys. Your pitch was so much better than mine. Like, that was like, boom. Like, right in there. Like, boom. Here's all the information. This is what you need. This is what's happening. Mine was like, hey, you might get this. You might get that. Who knows? Bruh, tune in. Um, but, hey, you know, it's, it's, I guess the cards I was dealt. <laughs> but, uh, I'm just a constant professional. But um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus right now. I promise. Um, but, uh, but, anyway... Great show. This is super fun. We're going to be here for the next five Mondays, breaking out Game of Thrones. So be sure to tune in next Monday as well. We'll also have a new episode of Geek Vibes Live. 
this Sunday. We're going to have a shit ton of stuff to cover because we weren't able to have an episode this past week. Very conflicting schedules, yada, yada, yada. Um, so we're going to have two weeks' worth of shit to get into. Um, so it'll be the cream of the crop, the best of the best. Uh, obviously, cream Star Wars crop. will be. That's right. Uh, so obviously, Star Wars will be uh, among those topics. I very much look forward to talking about that trailer because it was fucking amazing. Uh, and I can't wait to do that. Um, so all of this great content coming your way. Uh, so be sure to stay tuned for all of that, and uh, we will see you very soon. Until then, peace.